Celestial Seasonings has been one of America's most popular tea brands for several years, but their uplifting quotes and corporate morals were shaped by a more sinister ideology. Today, we'll discuss the racist propaganda that guided their company culture, its ties to aliens, cults, and eugenics, and how their leader went on to become the president of the problematic organization that inspired it. On this episode of Technically a Conversation, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing great also. Great. How has your week been so far? It's been really nice other than, you know, just like car maintenance, changing oils. My daughter had a nail in one of her uh, tires that was that was not fun, but at least we got through it and they were able to patch it up. Oh, that's good. It's been busy, but it's been, I mean, I like busy. Yeah, it's always great when they're able to patch up the tire. Oh, I know, for sure. Because it it's a brand new tire. Oh, yeah. Have you been suffering from any Taylor Swift amnesia? I heard about that one fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right away, you really do suffer from that. Like, it's like a PCD. It's like a post-concert depression. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You're like sad. It's over. You just went on this serotonin rush for hours. And then you're like, now I'm back to, you know, just regular life. You're not in this amazing fantasy world. (laughs) After you were done basking in the light of Taylor Swift. Yes, basking in her glow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently some uh, Beyonce fans have come out of the woodwork also, and they stated that they experienced the same thing at her concerts as well. Oh, the the depression or the amnesia? The uh, Taylor Swift amnesia. Oh, interesting. <laughs> wow. I guess that's a thing then. It's catching like wildfire. That's really crazy, huh? Yes. It is very strange. For sure. I don't know if it's real, but it is very interesting, and I would want to hear more studies about it. Agreed. I would really like to have a conversation (laughs) with some of these people and be like, what? How? When? (laughs) Yeah. If only you knew somebody that went to a Taylor Swift concert, Isela. That had the amnesia. Oh, okay. That's a caveat. Yes, of course. (laughs) 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 Yes. No, the the concert was amazing. And I will recommend that to anybody who loves a good lyricist. Anybody has got a good $10,000 to spare or not. (laughs) (laughs) whoever has deep pockets no no it wasn't that bad (laughs) no okay good just wanted to take this opportunity to remind everyone that we'll be doing our two-year anniversary show on saturday june 24th this is going to be way different than any other show that we've done because it will be a video podcast and we are going to do a live stream make sure you're subscribed to all of our socials on saturday we'll be posting the link where you can stream it live on youtube and another link where you can come on the show, hang out, and talk to us. We hope that you all will join us. More details to come. Keep an eye on our socials, primarily our Instagram, since that's the one that we mainly use. And we'll post the links in one of our stories. Can't wait to see you guys. Enough fucking around, Isela. Bye, boy. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> ready to get started? Always ready, sir. Great. Let's get started. Isela, you like to drink tea a lot, right? I certainly do. What is your favorite tea to drink? Green tea is probably my favorite. Have you ever had the sleepy time tea before? Yes, the chamomile tea? Yes. What do you think about the flavor or celestial seasonings in general? Oh, uh, I mean, I think the celestial seasonings in general has had some pretty tasty ones. I think I had a honey vanilla sleepy time one that was really good. So would you describe their flavors to be bangers? I don't know if I would. They're just accessible. They're everywhere. But they're, they're I mean, I would still purchase them. So yeah, they're, they're still pretty good. I mean, I can't be like, oh my God, they're amazing. You know, but yeah, they're still, they do the trick. How about that? That works. Yeah. As recently as 2021, the Celestial Seasonings website claimed that Sleepy Time was the best-selling specialty tea of all time. Mm. Today, we're going to talk about Celestial Seasonings, and we'll see if you'll ever purchase their teas again. Oh, great. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Their history goes far beyond tea and includes aliens, cults, and racism. What? Four of your favorite topics, lovingly curated in one conveniently packaged tea bag. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Very curious. The following is from a food and wine article by Matt Blitz. Link to this and all of our sources will be in the show notes. Celestial Seasoning is the largest tea manufacturer in North America, but their history goes beyond the comforting cup of tea. The company was founded in 1969 by several hikers who discovered that the Rocky Mountains were full of aromatic herbs that made for great tea. The company was named by Mo Siegel, who would go on to lead the company. Besides his enthusiasm for tea, Siegel was an avid believer in the Urantia book, a New Age Bible inspired by the Seventh-day Adventist movement after an alleged unknown man had the writing communicated to him by aliens while in a trance. The Urantia book offers a new take on creation and describes the original six colored races that existed on our planet, the racial superiority order, and how white saviors Adam and Eve arrived from space and eliminated the inferior races. It also served as the inspiration for the delightful, uplifting quotes printed on their tea boxes and tea bags. Grab a cup of your favorite Celestial Seasonings tea, sit back, and relax as we unpack their origin story. But first, Isela, are you familiar with Celestial Seasoning's racist and problematic beginnings and the eugenics propaganda known as the Urantia book? Definitely not. I feel like this might have played a factor if I purchased them again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when I first heard about this story about two years ago, I definitely stopped purchasing Celestial Seasoning's tea. Oh, well, you got to tell the sister over here. Come on. You can't keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you haven't heard about this topic before. I always love it when you haven't heard about a topic that I'm going to bring up. Cool. Just going based off of the teaser I just gave you, what's going through your mind right now? Well, I think I'm just really mostly curious how someone as crazy sounding as him ended up starting a company that was clearly really successful, at least making money. And he sounds so crazy, like a Bible written to them by aliens. <laughs> what the hell? It's so... And then the list of superiority, like, oh my God, I'm just calling so much bullshit on everything said. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'll present the story to you, and then you can decide if it's bullshit or not. Sure. I first learned about this from Illuminati's Corporate Casket episode that talked in depth about this topic. I didn't use that as a source, and I haven't watched the video in a couple of years, but I'll include it in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. Speaking of sources, it was really hard to go down the link rabbit hole that I was taken while doing the research for this episode, as a lot of the links 404'd, but thanks to the power of the Wayback Machine, I was able to find the pages backed up safely on the internet archive. Oh, nice. So if you look at our sources, you'll see a a few that point to archive.org. As far as I could tell, Megan Giller was the person that first brought all this information to light while she was researching Celestial Seasoning Sleepy Time Tea for the now defunct but appropriately named Van Winkle website back in 2016. Van Winkle was published by Casper, the internet mattress company who sponsored all the podcasts during the big podcast boom a few years ago. Initially, Megan thought that she was hired to do a puff piece about the company. She even took a tour at Celestial Seasonings. The more that she uncovered about the company and the founder and Urantia, the more that she was disturbed. Geller stated that some of the thoughts that are buried deep in the book are, quote, some of the most racist ideas I've read in a long time. What did Geller mean by that? Great question, Isela. <laughs> Let me introduce a little bit of the core philosophy. According to Urantia's text, half a million years ago, six colored races existed on the planet. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and indigo. There is a racial superiority order with indigo being at the bottom or the most inferior of the races. Strangely, it notes that strains of gigantism can appear in green and orange people. Obviously, you descended from the green and orange races, (laughs) and I descended from the indigos. (laughs) Represent, yo! (laughs) Fortunately for all of us, fair-skinned, blue-eyed aliens named Adam and Eve came to our planet and eliminated the inferior races and purified the planet. Somehow, my descendants of indigo people managed to survive. Giller stated that there were so many instances of racism and other odd beliefs that she really struggled with how much of this she wanted to include in her article. Again, she was expected to write a puff piece. Yeah, how do you puff that up at all? (laughs) (laughs) You can't. Well, I'm going to explain how she discovered all this because the way she discovered everything was insane. Mm. But first, let's go through the narrative a little bit. Giller asked to interview Mo Siegel, to get his take on all of this straight from the horse's mouth, but her request was unanswered, so she turned to the next best thing. Siegel co-wrote a piece called The 20 Most Asked Questions, in which he attempts to answer questions about Urantia for people that are new to this subject. In it, he seems to contradict himself a lot. On one hand, he wrote, Belonging to any particular race provides no spiritual advantage or disadvantage. All persons are equal in the sight of God. Sounds pretty Logical, right? Yeah. Once once they say all people are equal, yeah, it's hard not to get behind something like that. True. But he also writes, quote, At the present time, mankind loses about as much progress as it makes by ignoring eugenics. In 2006, Siegel wrote that he discovered the Urantia book in 1969, the same year he co-founded Celestial Seasonings. He states that he wasn't concerned about who wrote it or how it was written because he found it to be so powerful. (laughs) As briefly mentioned, he admitted that the book's ideas were the inspiration for the uplifting quotes printed on the sides of the tea boxes and tea bags. A former Celestial Seasonings employee admitted to Giller 
that Urantia was the guide for the company's moral values at the time. You know what was, was also very powerful and inspirational in 1969? Sounds like LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. I was like, where are you going? Are you going to say like John Lennon or something? <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, I wish it was something cool like that. No, just drugs. <laughs> okay. Well, you might ask, Isela, how does Mo Siegel know so much about the Urantia book and mm -hmm. the Urantia Foundation, right? Of course. To do a reverse Cy Sperling from the Hair Club for Men commercials, not only is he a devoted believer of Urantia, he's also their president. Oh, yes. How convenient. <laughs> yeah. Now, it should be said, in all fairness to Celestial Seasonings, that Siegel is not currently involved with them. Okay. Let me give a little timeline here because there's a lot of cross-pollination. Okay. Celestial Seasonings was actually purchased by Kraft in 1984. Siegel becomes a trustee of the Urantia Foundation in 1988. The company was bought back from Kraft in 1989 in a leveraged buyout along with Vester Capital Partners. In 2000, they merged with the Hain Food Group and become the Hain Celestial Group. In 2002, Siegel left Celestial Seasonings while remaining a part of the Urantia Foundation and eventually becomes its president. I couldn't locate any information on when he became their president. 2002 doesn't feel like that long ago. Like, Billie Eilish was already alive by then. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, okay. Hmm. And that's kind of interesting. Also, you use Billie Eilish as your, uh, where time begins, you know, like your measurement of time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else was really going on. <laughs> so again, he was in charge of Celestial Seasonings at the time that he was the president of the Urantia Foundation. So again, there was some cross-pollination there. Mm -hmm. And now that we got the boring stuff out of the way, <laughs> let's get into the lunacy of the Urantia book. Ooh, the meat and potatoes. Exactly. After this quick commercial break. Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. In 1952, there was a record high of UFOs reported. 1,500 sightings. There has been evidence of human sacrifice, devil worship, and it is haunted by more spirits than can be counted. A family of two adults and two kids reportedly saw a giant flying thing with glowing red eyes. And meanwhile, the family's nanny that helped Veronica to care for her and Lucian's children was found bludgeoned to death in the basement of their family home. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted, Twisted and, and Uncorked. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. We're your hosts. My name's Cortland. And I'm Brandon. And in our podcast, we take apart each episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, scene by scene, and discuss it in detail. This show is prime early 90s Canadian acting at its best, or in some cases worst. We're here to laugh our way through seven seasons and 91 episodes. So whether you're a fan of the show, Dink, the No mister, accent on the dough. Won't you come play with me? Hey, we're just having a goof. Or experiencing it for the first time. We know there's nothing better than staying up all night with a scary story. 
And we're back. We're back. <laughs> Did you start any alien eugenics cults during our break? I was trying to contact them and they were busy, but they said to come back in five minutes. <laughs> Just <laughs> okay, kidding. <laughs> Did you make yourself another delicious cup of Celestial Seasonings Sleepy Time Tea? It really depends on this next half of how, uh, whether I trash it or not. <laughs> I know he left in 2002, but I'm like a little sus about that. Well, we covered a lot during the first part of the show. Any thoughts so far? It's very interesting. I know you said that you don't know exactly when he came in, but I, I do have to admit that this is probably one of the oldest tea, uh, well, like specialty teas anyway. You know, Lipton's been around for, I'm sure, much longer, but, but specialty teas, you know, with all the chai and green, whatever, all these other fancy flavors. That's kind of the first one that I remember going back in my youth. So that's just kind of what I've always known. And so now this is kind of really, it's kind of fucking me up (laughs) (laughs) a little bit, to be honest. (laughs) Well, what I do know for sure is that Siegel did become a trustee of the Urantia Foundation in 1988. What I don't know is when he became the president. Mm, Okay. But he did leave Celestial Seasonings in 2002 Mm. and remained a part of the Urantia Foundation. And again, he's president up to this date. Wow. Okay. So he's still alive. He's still alive and he's still very much involved with the Urantia Foundation. Wow. That's so weird. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. The following is from the Megan Giller article that she did for Van Winkle. She states that though the company's name Celestial Seasoning was claimed to be named after one of their co-founders, Lucinda Zeising's flower name, Giller believes it might have been due to the Urantia book as Mo Siegel and John Hayes Two of the co-founders were avid believers in the book. I tried looking for the definition of flower name, but I wasn't able to find it. So I'm guessing it was her hippie name or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that 1969, or I don't know when that part was really was, but that sounds about right. Yeah, it was 1969, so it checks out. Yeah. The Urantia book isn't no 200-page back pocket Uncle John's bathroom reader either. It's a 2,097-page 4.3 pound monster. Jesus. It's a modified Seventh day Adventist text. Even though we've talked about the Seventh day Adventists the past couple of episodes, we have nothing against them. It's just a coincidence that both topics are tied to the religion. Although the kayfabe of the book was that it was written by an anonymous person possessed by an alien, it was likely written in the early 1900s by a psychiatrist named William Sadler as a vessel for his racist ideas. Mm. It was first published in 1955, and you can actually download it for free online, Isela, if you want to go download it right now and read it. Absolutely not. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, because the Urantia Foundation is so adamant about its authorship being supernatural, an Arizona court ruled in 1995 that it's not protected by copyright and is public domain. So I guess that worked shoot backfired on them, right? Yeah, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) You'll be also very happy to hear that Jesus, Lucifer, Satan, Adam and Eve, some of the Bible fan favorites are all in this book, and they were all aliens. They they kept the stars of the show. (laughs) It just made them aliens. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, well, of course, they wanted like the people that are going to be cosplaying to have all the fan favorites available to cosplay. Or it could have just been like, what story do they, they had no story. What story can we write? Well, what if we just keep some of the stories and then make them, you know, it's like the Scooby-Doo 
the energy mask. Or whatever. <laughs> you don't hold on to that thought. Oh, okay. Hold on to that thought. <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to the Urantia book, you know how we don't know much about Jesus for most of his life? We really only know about him for a short time after his birth and a short time before he died. Mm-hmm. You're in luck. The Urantia book tells us all about Jesus' life in detail. Right. All 36 years. Oh, wow. Although I had always heard that he had died at 33. Yeah, I was going to say, where did these extra years come in? Is that new math? Is that new math again? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I was thinking that maybe the Urantia book is like DC's New 52, where they rebooted everything and gave everybody new backstories. But in the case of Urantia, with more racism and eugenics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's funny. Now, even though there are only a few thousand followers of Urantia, it has been translated in 20 languages, including Arabic, Chinese, Croatian, and Portuguese. German composer Karl Heiss Stockhausen even wrote Michael Reis, which features the angel Michael, Lucifer, and Eve, as inspired by the Urantia book. At least four fantasy novels are based on Urantia. I imagine that these are like the Star Wars expanded universe. Right. Owner of Jesus learns the Force and starts his own Jedi Academy in those. (laughs) That would be pretty metal. And he could literally say, I am your father and your father's fathers. And (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you can't forget about Darth Satan, the betrayer. Damn, this shit almost writes itself. We could jump on this and see if we can make a few bucks on the side. Hear me out, Isela. We'll get the uh, mind reader thing. We'll we'll add it in there. Yeah. But this is what I got so far. Mara Jade ends up betraying Luke and joins forces with Darth Satan, becoming his new apprentice. Since the rule of two says that there can only be two Siths, a master to hold the power and knowledge and an apprentice to desire it. Mace Windu, now going by the name of Nick Fury, knows that the galaxy will be in shambles if two powerful Siths such as Darth Satan and Mara Jade, are allowed to operate unchecked. So he assembles a group of enhanced individuals to join the Urantia Initiative to put a stop to Darth Satan and Mara Jade's oppressive rule. That's fucking awesome, huh? It would not be pretty bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It really isn't. Then you always need that one character that I can relate to, the one that just kind of like sits and watches and eats cookies while like everything's going on. The the spectator. There's always one. Come on. <laughs> yep. Somebody get Kevin Feige, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni on the line. I think we may have the script for the next hit Disney Plus series. Right. Uh, they're going to be like, who dis? Who dis? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Back to the Urantia book canon. Not my undeniably superior fan fiction. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is one of many many sons of God, and has inhabited different planets because there are a billion worlds. Once evolution is complete, each world will only have 100,000 local universes with 10 million inhabited planets. Our Earth is named Urantia, and it's number 606 in a planetary group named Satania. Our headquarters is Jerusalem, not to be confused with Jerusalem, in case you were wondering. When we die, we reincarnate from planet to planet and finally to paradise, where the deity lives. There's a little piece of the deity in each of us, and this is called the thought adjuster, not to be confused with Mentos, the fresh maker. Yeah. 
Yes. I'm not making this shit up. This is straight from the Urantia book. It's so crazy because I feel like they're pulling these numbers out of their asses. It's hilarious. And are these parallel worlds? Like, what the... (laughs) It's so weird. Anyway. While the fellowship, which is what the Urantia followers call themselves, are quick to point out that they are, quote unquote, not a cult, the brilliant evening star of Nebadon, also known as the Revelator of the book, calls for Urantians to replace Christianity with, quote, a new cult that will be the true religion of the future. They just said a new cult. I mean, it's right there in their own words. Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Although I don't think cults ever admit to being cults. It's just funny that they even said, oh, there's going to be a new cult and he's going to be the boss in town type of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, Then I guess it's a cult if it it's exactly what you, the word you used, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Uh, the book contradicts the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Gillian claims that the Urantia book itself doesn't represent a destructive cult, but some of the self-proclaimed prophet-led groups can be seen as destructive. That said, no other information is provided about said prophet-led cults or why they are deemed to be destructive. I couldn't find any information on that. Okay. However, many of the quotes and examples Giller provides at a minimum, seem to promote intolerance. When discussing Adam and Eve, it states that after they overtake the inferior races, the descendants of Adam and Eve mate with the acceptable inhabitants of the planet. The inferior inhabitants will be eliminated and there will be one purified race, one language, and one religion. So where's the confusion about no destruction? I mean, that is destructive as fuck. That's super divisive and destructive. (laughs) Oh, I I agree with you 100%. I guess what I meant by that is that I couldn't find any evidence that they were actually practicing eugenics or that they were actually going out and trying to kill. Yeah, some kind of genocide of some. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's what I meant. But I'm glad that you asked so that that way I could clarify it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want people to think that you're okay with that kind of shit. I am totally not okay with this type (laughs) of shit. Okay, good, good. And apparently this is what happens on every planet that Adam and Eve inhabit. but on Urantia, which is actually Earth. Adam and Eve messed up and failed to achieve race harmonizations. So, quote, you must now work out your planetary problems of race improvements by other and largely human methods of adaptation and control. If that doesn't sound clear, maybe this quote will help clarify things a little. Okay, good. Quote, evil in the form of illness and disease exists because unfit people like Australian natives and the Bushmen and Pygmies of Africa. These miserable remnants of the non-social people of ancient times haven't been eliminated. Eugenics is the way to correct this error. That's crazy. I, I, I like how they're not really using science, which I'm pretty sure we knew by then, whenever in the 50s, whenever they found this whack-ass book, that all humans uh, eventually came out of Africa. <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, like, you know, 10,000 years ago or however long that was. <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah, they surely knew nothing about science. Yeah, clearly. Okay, interesting. And that's a lovely quote, right? I wonder if that's ever been printed on a sleepy time tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These miserable remnants of the non-social people of ancient times haven't been eliminated. Eugenics is the way to correct this error. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's awful, awful stuff. Agreed.、Uh, we talked earlier about how it's widely believed that William Sadler wrote the Urantia book. Sadler was a very well-known psychiatrist of this era. He got to start working with another very famous psychiatrist of his era that was also a very big proponent of eugenics.、Hmm. Would you like to take a guess at who this doctor was? Hint: We talked about him in last week's show. We talked about him in last week's show. Oh my goodness! Wow. Well, it was the, a show that hasn't been released yet, so you might not have heard it yet. Right. We're in the future, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I don't know which doctor. You'll have to tell me. It was Doctor John H. Kellogg. <gasps> wow! Everyone's just disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it just wonderful when evil people find each other and they're able to bring each other up and prosper and help each other grow? Exactly. <laughs> Flourish these fucking bastards. <laughs> If only they could have connected with Hitler, right? The trifecta of evil would have been complete. <laughs> so, Doctor John H. Kellogg was so invested in this shit that he formed the Race Betterment Foundation, whose goal was to quote call attention to the dangers which threaten the race. Sadler was not just influenced by Kellogg; he also wrote three books about eugenics. Some of the garbage that was expressed in the Urantia book was regurgitated verbatim. From his other three books. Oh my gosh! How do you feel about that sleepy time tea now? <laughs> I don't like it, not one bit. I I know I have some. I mean, thankfully, I ha- I have some others that are like Earl Grey and other、uh, other brands. But wow, that's pretty nut. And then there's other books. Oh my god! How long has this madness been spewing? Worse. <laughs> <laughs> At least since 1955. Jeez, Louise, that's. Bad. Okay, but you know what? Let's give Mo Siegel the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Siegel doesn't really believe in all that garbage and just found some of the teachings in the book inspirational, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like you're clairvoyant. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, according to Siegel himself, from his 20 most asked questions article on the Urantia website, quote. Unfortunately, several factors hinder progress towards the development of a disease-free world. The laws of genetics are immutable and form the physical cornerstone of evolution. At the present time, mankind loses about as much progress as it makes by ignoring eugenics. I don't know if that's unfamiliar. This was like the Snyder cut of the quote that I mentioned earlier in the episode.、Mm-hmm. I feel like it sounds like he's fully on board with this shit. Agreed. Yeah, he sounds like he's all in on this crazy, this craziness. It's madness. <laughs> oh my god, we're the six hundred and six. Like this is, <laughs> this is so crazy. Like I said, when I first saw that video, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's there's a lot of things that are it's just leaving me incredulous here. <laughs> Sadly, there's no benefit of the doubt that can be given to Mr. Siegler. As mentioned earlier, Siegel retired from Celestial Seasonings in 2002 to focus on racism. I mean, Urantia <laughs> full time. Yeah. John Hayes, the other co-founder who also had a hard on for eugenics, left in 1985. So it's possible that the Urantia book no longer guides the company's morals and business decisions. Killer claimed that she tried getting Celestial Seasonings' official stance on this, but they declined to comment. 
So this is a part that I teased earlier. How did Giller uncover all of this craziness? Right. Great question, Isela. Yeah. <laughs> Giller initially was a fan of the Celestial Seasonings tea and went on a trip to Boulder, Colorado. Uh, she decided to take their free public tour. She became interested in the tea making process, so she asked the company if she could interview their blend master, Charlie Baden, for an article. Her requests, however, were declined. So she started researching on her own and ended up uncovering this insane story. Mm. Giller herself states that she is no longer a fan of the teas and threw all her boxes of tea out. Wow. <laughs> it's a, a tea party of a different <laughs> of a different era. <laughs> exactly. And even though Siegel hasn't been with the company since 2002, the company was started by a man who believed in all of this lunacy and feels like she can no longer support them. That just means more tea for us, right, Isela? <laughs> no, nope. absolutely not. No. <laughs> Still very skeptical. <laughs> I'm glad that she also tossed it out because it just sounds like eye-opening. And who can really believe in so many... Like, it's one thing when people say that... I'm going to go here, but it's one thing when people say that they believe that the earth is flat. Okay, you want to believe in that? Okay, fine. But don't tell me that you also believe in, you know, that aliens came and they dictated this freaking crazy long three-series book, very Harry Potter style. And, like, <laughs> that is way too many things. You know what I'm trying to say? Like... This is on a whole other level. Plus, you can't forget the four fan fiction novels that were written about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I can see why all these like fiction would be written off of, you know, shit like that, because it already sounds crazy and loopy. It lends itself for books like that. But really, who's going to take any of that seriously? Apparently, thousands of people. And it's even translated in Arabic. That's very disappointing. <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. They got the cute little foundation and everything. Uh, that part, when you said that there was a foundation, I was like, oh my goodness. Now this is serious. Oh Lord. It's very strange. I mean, it's very interesting for sure. Because I guess where there's one person, there's others. And apparently there's a thousand. <laughs> and isn't it wonderful that they all found themselves? I, Yeah. I guess <laughs> if they could just have one convention and then can they just stay on that island? You know, I think that's hilarious also because there's so, if it was translated to all of these languages, how are, who's supposed to be the superior one? Now they, they, now we get to see them duke it out and see which ones. Oh, I'm, I'm the superior one. Okay, cool. You guys go kill each other and... <laughs> That would be a good idea. They should do like a little Royal Rumble or something and just have everybody fight for supremacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throw them all like in Madagascar, I, like some little island. All right, go. <laughs> See who can have the title of being the most racist. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> On that high note, no, Chris. we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe. Wherever find podcasts are sold. Mm-hmm. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story about eugenics to share with us. 
I doubt that very much, or at least I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the opposite of the type of stories you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.